Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. This is the Longhorn Notebook that is uh, brought to you by Aaron Bowersock, the home loan expert and your Longhorn lender. Check her out on the web at bowersockteam.com. That's B-O-W-E-R-S-O-C-K, just like it sounds. Bowersockteam.com. See if Aaron can do for you what she did for Linda and me, and that was to get that home loan approval turned around in a snap. She's the person who can make that 10-day home loan approval or less guaranteed for you. Bowersockteam.com. All right, so it's Texas and Baylor tonight, and uh, big Monday matchup. Uh, the Bears are 16-5. and five. They're 5-3 and three in the Big 12. They're one game back of uh, that three-way tie of first place. In fact, uh, it's a three-way tie for second as well there in the uh, Big 12 Conference. And uh, Texas, Iowa State, and K-State at 6-2, and two, and Baylor uh, at 5-3. Uh, and three. and uh, in that 5-3 and three, uh, deadlock there with TCU and Kansas. And joining us on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline, our good friend, longtime play-by-play voice of the Baylor Bears, who joins us, John Morris. JMO, thanks for the time. How are you this morning? Craig, good morning. Jeff, good morning. Hope you guys are doing well. Uh, if you can hold the ice off for just a day or so, we would be really appreciative of that. I, I was a little bit concerned, a little bit concerned for you. And, and are you getting a little more of it up there? Because I have a brother who lives in the Metroplex, and they were getting it yesterday. And right now it's not bad. It's like right at the freeze line and just a little bit of spitting. Nothing at, at, at the moment yeah. in terms of precip. What about the Super Syntax? Here's your live weather report from Waco. It is it is cold and the wind is blowing. Wind chills about 19, and uh, but no precip so far. So that's a good thing. So as of right now, we're okay. But apparently, it's coming, and I don't know when it's coming. So we'll just uh, be ready to head south, uh, get up to the snow dogs, and ready to go whenever we need to. Well, we know what's coming right now, also. John, and that's Scott Drew's ball club. Six in a row now and a, getting the win over a good Arkansas team in the SEC Big 12 Challenge, in the case of that, since it was in Waco, the Big 12 SEC Challenge. Uh, yeah. What's been the biggest difference in the turnaround after the 0-3 start to conference play to now six straight wins? It's a very fair question because first three were, were uh, you know, against three really good teams, Iowa State, Kansas State, TCU. Two of those are at home. That was the big thing is losing, you know, two uh, home games early in conference. But really, you know, in a nutshell, the difference is defense. The defense has been much better, uh, still not where it needs to be, but much better uh, in the five-game, now six-game winning streak compared to the 0-3 start to conference play. Um, They just, you know, just we couldn't stop TCU. I remember that game, and you know how fast they are anyway. But they, in transition, were just killing us, and we couldn't stop that. So they've done a lot of work in that area, been much better there. Another thing is we've gotten everybody back. You know, Adam Adam Flagler missed a couple of games. LJ Cryer missed a couple of games. Um, But we've gotten everybody back, and so that's kind of keyed the turnaround. It's been really good, and uh, 0-3 is a tough start to league play. But, you know, everybody, I think, this year is going to have a three or four or more game losing streak in this league. 
John, you hit on something that that stood out to me the, the handful of times I've watched Baylor this year. One is the difference a healthy L.J. Cryer makes for this team. But Keontae George, right. he's a guy that Texas fans I know are familiar with because Texas recruited him. Uh, you know, he he had some, I don't want to say struggles, but had some big moments kind of early in conference play where he didn't come through. But uh, one of the nation's leading scorers among freshmen. And, John, it just seems like every time I watch Baylor, he just keeps getting better and better. Yeah, 24 on Saturday, Jeff, against uh, against Arkansas. And he, he is really good. He did have a couple of games where he was down scoring. I mean, down for him was 11 points and then eight points in a couple of games back-to-back. But I think that is just – he's a marked man now. You know, no, he's not sneaking up on anybody, and he's probably top of the uh, scouting report when you face Baylor. So that is going to happen, you know, for a young guy especially. But he bounced back really nicely on Saturday, 24. He's got such a sweet shot, a quick release, and he's been a key. I mean, he is our leading scorer even with – a guy like Adam Flagler on this team, he's our second leading scorer, but Keontae George has uh, led the way in that area. John, I was going to ask you also about rebounding. I mean, you had a guy like uh, uh, Jonathan Chamachachua who did j- such a great job on the glass last year, and I know it had to be uh, an, uh, an adjustment, and, and we just got through talking about Keontae George, and he averages four and a half boards per game, but you've had some other guys like Jalen Bridges and some of those other guys step up in the rebounding area, which seems to have made a difference. Very much so. And, and that, I should have said, is part of the turnaround also. You know, just being better rebounding. Baylor's, uh, you know, historically been a really good rebounding, especially an offensive rebounding team. And they, they've really come around in that area. You mentioned Jalen Bridges. He's been key. West Virginia transfer. And that guy is just, I, I think he's just more and more comfortable every game now. And he's a real contributor both ends of the floor, scoring and rebounding. But uh, Jonathan Chumwichachua, you know, it was the Texas game here last year when he got hurt and, um, you know, blew out his knee. But his rehab is is coming along very well, really faster than most people thought it would. And uh, he, it is fun to watch how hard he works because, man, he is determined to get back on the floor. John, I'll, I'll, fi- I'll file uh, Flo Thamba and Dale Bonner into the group of Big 12 guys that I'm not sure how they still have eligibility left, but here they are. Uh, here they are on the roster. John O'Counter with Brock Cunningham, exactly. who has one more year, by the yeah. way, if he wants it. Uh, oh, my gosh. But, John, where, where, where is this Baylor team at just in terms of uh, of just overall depth? I know the injuries piled up last year, and, and depth was an issue uh, when that team got into the Big 12 and, and the NCAA tournament. Where is the depth and, and the bench presence for this team right now? Yeah, Jeff, it was a huge issue last year. You know, we, we basically, you know how many guards we have, and we ran out of guards last year uh, just because of injuries, and it was so tough to go through. But Coach Drew was going to make sure that didn't happen again, so he really loaded up. Uh, I think good depth to the point that Dale Bonner, who you mentioned, is getting very limited minutes now, but just because they've, they've shrunk the uh, rotation to the point where he's sort of the eighth guy and he doesn't get that many minutes anymore, but he's available and he's a veteran guy off the bench if you need him. So I think depth is a real plus for this team, uh, especially at the guard position where, you know, you can start with Keontae and Adam Flagler and LJ Cryer, but when they need a break, you know, here comes a Bonner, here comes a Langston Love off the bench. So uh, really good depth there uh, throughout the team, but especially at the guard spot. Visiting with John Morris, play-by-play voice of the Baylor Bears here on Light the Tower on the Horn. Okay, so, John, in, in now 
with Scott Drew in his 20th season, I, th- I think it would be safe to say that at least, at least in the first 17 of now 20 seasons, if not 18, the one thing you could count on uh, from Baylor as much as anything else was seeing a really difficult to beat 2 3 zone or a 1 3 1. Now, last year, uh, you know, uh, Coach Drew went to a, a lot more man and, and had that. And I think even, you know, in the uh, national championship season, maybe a, a little bit of that, but he's, it's kind of been a, a hallmark and a trademark with, with how well Baylor has played at zone. Has, has he added more of that back in, or has is, or is he gone even more man now than he's been doing? Yeah, no, it has been, it just kind of morphs with the team, you know, and what he thinks works best with the team. So he's not married to a zone defense for sure, and he's not married to a man defense. Uh, In fact, tonight you'll see uh, predominantly a man defense, but then you'll see some zone uh, mixed in as well. And that's what we had Saturday against Arkansas. It's just sort of a change up now, Craig, you know, to go to a zone. So, You'll see some of that, but predominantly it'll be a man defense. And uh, I, I think it's just a feel, you know, on his part of, you know, what he feels like the team needs at that point or that particular opponent, you know, or that spot in the game. And uh, But you'll see both. I mean, you'll see a little bit of both tonight. John, I'm thinking about my days slumming it in the Farrell Center covering Baylor. In those early days when you had, you know, we talk about depth, but you had – Guys coming in from the football team midseason, and you know, guys winning student tryouts. I mean, you had he had Scott had to play zone back in those days. Didn't have much of a choice early on. Hey, is Rico Gathers walking back through that door? You know, just wondering, <laughs> wondering about that. That's the guy. When you talk about you know guys, you think about it who have been here forever. Rico's the one that always gets mentioned because he played from day one and and played very well and played a lot. So everybody thought he was like an eighth year guy. But uh, Rico's gone now. Rico won't be playing tonight. <laughs> he may be at the game, but uh, he does not have any eligibility left. But you're right, Jeff. I mean that was part of it. You know, you play a zone to kind of protect yourself, and if you have guys that. You know, you got to protect defensively. Uh, that's what he did. So uh, maybe that's a sign of uh, the maturity or the veteran guys that are on this team that there is more man. John, we've uh, the, the the Big Twelve race hits the halfway point for these two teams tonight, and uh, both of us have seen. Uh, you know, we'll have seen everybody in, in the conference uh, after this evening's contest. We've been saying on the air, Eddie Warren and I have said it, Jeff and I have said it on this program, that this seems to be the most balanced, the biggest grind uh, in conference play that I can remember. And and both of us have been doing this for a while on our respective radio networks. We're, we're, how do you feel about what you see from the rest of the league in terms of the balance or the grind that uh, the Bears, just like the Longhorns or anybody else, has to go through on a game-in-game-out basis? Sure. You know, I, I, I don't think it's recency bias, you know, just the fact that we're going through it right now. But I agree with you completely that this seems like it's the toughest league that we've ever gone through, top to bottom, you know, 1 to 10. I mean, if Tech is 0-8 in Big 12 play, and they go beat LSU, you know, on the road in the Big 12 SEC Challenge. I mean, that says something about our league and the league going 7-3 and three against the SEC. That says a lot also. Um, but I think it is the toughest. And, and uh, you know, te- if, if Tech is the worst team, and I only say that because they are uh, statistically right now, you know, sitting at 0-8, you know, they're a pretty good team. They're going to beat somebody. They're not going to go over for the league. So, uh, every night it's tough. West Virginia is right there, and they're very capable. So 
really good coaches, really good teams, a lot of veteran teams, you know, and that's a plus. Uh, I just think makes all that makes this the toughest league we've ever seen here in the Big 12. Hey, give us an update on the new arena. When I drive north on I-35 yeah. and, and I'm crossing the Brazos, I look over there to the left. For folks who don't know, that's where the, the new basketball arena is going up. What's the progress on it? I think everything is on schedule. Every time I check, and I check a lot, you know, it's yeah. on schedule. Uh, we're going to move in there less than a year from now. We're going to move in January of 2024. And you look now at a steel structure and say, how is that possible in a year? But I think there's some pretty serious penalties in place if they don't have it finished by then, because they're going to make the schedule next year where we start the year in the Farrell Center, play non-conference there, and the start of league play next year. So January or maybe even December 31st, uh, we'll move into the new Foster Pavilion. So it looks great. It's going to be different. Um, you know, it may be uh, similar to UT. It's going to be smaller than we have now with the Farrell Center and a more, uh, we hope, a more home court advantage for Baylor. Students are going to be right along courtside, uh, a lot like uh, Cameron, Indoor State, uh, Cameron Indoor Stadium at Duke. So it's going to be great. It's going to be good for us. Now, parking's another issue. Don't ask me about parking because I don't have any answers there uh, for us or you or for anybody right now. But We'll figure that out in the next 11 months, and it's going to be a really, really nice new place. John, I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring this up, but uh, this is Scott's 20th season at Baylor, and we're coming up on the 20-year mark from, from when he was hired. Uh, and, and I know it's uh, the rebuild gets talked about, but for, for this fan base, for the alumni, do you always keep in the back of your mind how far this program has come in two decades, or is that just so far removed from everything that it's out of sight, out of mind? Well, it, it never is out of mind for me because I, I remember where we were before Coach Drew. Uh, I remember an 0-16 Big 12 uh, season under a previous coach, you know, and, and I remember Pat and I going into every game and kind of looking at each other like, we don't have a chance to win this game, you know, and that that's where the program was. And then there were some, you know, off-the-court things that were really embarrassing to our school and then Coach Drew comes in and from day one sets his sights on winning championships, talked at his opening press conference about winning a national championship. And everybody says, yeah, 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 we're with you, Coach. Let's do that. But he believed it and he went to work and he made it happen. And, uh, you know, there'll be a Coach of the Year, somebody in the Big 12 this year, but I think Scott Drew is the coach of the century, you know, with what he did here and where we were and the consistent winner that he has built here at Baylor and done it with, you know, done it with such integrity and, you know, the platform that he uses, the culture of joy here, you know, Jesus first, others second, yourself third, you know, the platform that he uses and he's built with this program is just amazing. So, you know, Coach Drew to me is one in a million and uh, he's going into the Texas Sports Hall of Fame coming up in April, which I think is very, very deserving. And anything good that comes his way, I think, is deserving for Coach Drew. It's been called uh, perhaps the greatest rebuilding uh, uh, yeah. process and project in college basketball history, certainly, uh, for that as well. It's tonight at 8 o'clock. Hey, John, uh, drive Sarah, safe down there. Are you, are you, does, when you drive down, do you and Pat go, or do you put, do you put Bob Baker behind the wheel? To do, how, do, how do you handle the drive down? 
Yeah, Pat and I are coming down. Jerry Hill may come with us. Uh, Jerry's a little scared of the weather, so I'm not sure if you know, he'll make it or not. But Pat and I will be there, and uh, we'll just leave as early as we need to to be there. And uh, I look forward to seeing the Moody Center tonight. I'm really looking forward to being in there for the first time. Yeah, I think you'll I think you'll uh, be impressed with it. Hey, uh, J-Mo, I appreciate it. Uh, take care of driving down. We'll see you when you get here. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right. That's John Thanks, Morse. Sir. Play-by-play voice of the Baylors. He mentioned the great Jerry Hill. Yes. Jerry Hill, who at BaylorBears.com. Filed, filed Jerry in the Department of Good Dude. Filed Jerry in the Department of uh, Collegiate uh, Acquaintance of Craig Way. Yes. We were in college Absolutely. together at North Texas. I was the sports director at KNTU when he was the sports editor of the North Texas Daily when we were in college together. I, I, I just I had to ask John about the the rebuild, Craig, because like I said, I, I was covering Baylor at the time, and I you know Scott's first mm-hmm. year was rough. You're coming off the the Patrick Denny situation, yep. but year two, year two was one where that's the year I was referencing where you had a couple of guys just join the team mid season, a couple of guys on the football team join. You've had just kind of random students coming in just to, for walk-ons, just to have practice to where you could run 505 and practice. Yeah. Uh, j- j- just taking obscure JUCO guys just to fill out a roster. Yeah. Uh, that was one of those deals. Mamadou Gian, who ended up being a really good player, uh, he didn't come over until the spring semester because he got malaria. Like, that. It's kind of issues. Those kinds of things happened. Yeah, it's kind of issues Scott Drew was dealing with early on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, ultimately built them into a national power and won a national title uh, a couple remarkable. of years ago. And they're still going to be difficult to deal with uh, for the Longhorns and for the rest of the Big 12 as well. And again, coming up in a few minutes, well, I guess we'll have the updated uh, AP Top 25 poll. That'll be coming out as well.